0: This is Alex and Frank, uh, podcast number nine. And uh, we're going to continue this. First of all, before we get started, for anyone that's listening to this podcast, we would like to wish you all a happy Father's Day. Uh, So we all hope you have a wonderful, fantastic day today. And uh, enjoy, enjoy the whole day. Uh, Alex and I would like to continue our conversation on the, um, the, the, the talk that we've been doing so far on robots. And we've been discussing the, we're, we're really not, we're, we're not here to talk about robots in a negative or positive way. We want to discuss them in general, because we both believe very strong that they're here to stay. And they're being used in many, many areas already successfully, and they're also being used in areas not successfully. So we would like to continue that. So Alex, uh, did you have a chance to speak to anyone this week on robots? Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm
1: actually in uh, ongoing conversations with uh, a bunch of friends of mine uh, in the industry, customers slash friends of mine that are. Uh, very interested in the robotic uh, end of the, of the uh, business. Yes, and um, they, you know, especially in healthcare, they're really looking to see if they can uh, introduce the robots in order to to really just make their their entire operations more efficient. Like we talked about last week, uh, you know, freeing up people so that they can do butler kind of services in a uh, hospital where they can go in and check in on the patient and, and and you know, say that they're here to take care of all their needs and to work with them and make sure that uh, there's no issues that come up. And they're trying to, by doing this, they're trying to increase their HCAP scores, which are basically those little forms that you fill out uh, when you go to a hospital. And uh, after you've it uh, been there for uh, hopefully a short period of time, but if a longer period of time you fill it out. And one of the questions is the cleanliness and housekeeping and so on. And the hospitals look at that really to rate the, cert- the, the efficiency of the um, housekeeping department. You know, they, they know that the housekeeping department is doing a good job if, if patients are happy and they, and they uh, uh, perceive the place as being very clean. Uh, on the other hand, if the scores are low, uh, you know, all hell breaks loose. So, so basically, uh, housekeeping directors and, and companies that are servicing the health, the healthcare industry from a housekeeping point of view, they're looking to somehow get those scores higher, uh, by making the patient aware of what they're doing and, the, and, and the efforts that they're putting into, uh, making the hospital as clean as possible. So, you know, how do you free up jobs when hospitals are telling you to do more with less? So one of the things that people are trying to turn to are robots. They're trying to see, well, maybe a robot can accomplish uh, the uh, freeing up of uh, labor. You know, one of the things I focus in on as as a business is how to create efficiencies in the uh, cleaning process so that even without robots, you can free up labor. But again, you know uh it's an easy very easy uh fix if a robot theoretically can replace a human being in cleaning hallways, uh then you can immediately go ahead and switch uh a a job function to being a butler type of uh service uh in in a hospital. so a lot of my hospitals are looking at this very seriously, and they're um they're trying to see. How they can uh, maximize their labor, so the big problem you have is again, we talked about to sum up is what we you and I had discussed is you know housekeepers themselves communication uh, between the uh, the uh, sales rep, the management, and the uh worker on the front line you know he thinks his job is being replaced so instantaneously what's gonna end up happening is you're gonna have pushback coming from the unions, from, from the line staff, and you're gonna have uh, sabotage potentially. Right? People are going to try to do everything in their power to make sure the pro- program fails. So you, you brought up very uh, accurately last time we were uh, talking about this, about the importance of communication and making sure that people really understand what's going on. And this week I was actually out in Nashville, one of my customers, and I was just talking to, you know, they had a, uh, a scrubber there. That was not a robot, but was made by a company that actually uh, manufactures robots. And the housekeeper that I was with, uh, he happens to be a floor tech, was joking around with another floor tech with me there. Uh, saying how robots are never gonna work. They think they're gonna replace our jobs. It's not gonna happen. And I said, well, how do you know that the robot's gonna replace your job? How do you know that it's not just going to, you know, give you the opportunity to do other things that you may like better than what you're doing now? And they all rolled their eyes and heads. You know, we all know what those robots are really about. So you see that this is something very difficult to really communicate across to um, to housekeepers and and work in frontline staff. Uh, the other thing that I found interesting was uh, one of my hospitals locally in New York uh, is looking at robots very seriously, and he's looking for super small robots. So he's looking for like what we talked about you and I, what you have at home, the Roomba kind of uh, vacuum that you have, just maybe a little bit bigger. So that would be something that he would be interested in because he doesn't want these big, massive monsters coming down the hallway um, that look you know, pretty uh, scary or, or intimidating. Uh, and so he's looking for something that you can drop in a room, leave it, come back at the end of the shift, pick it up, and, uh, or have it park itself, and then the housekeeper comes in and cleans it out for the next day's shift. So again, we were talking frankly, you have one of these at home last week, right? And, and you had told, told me that you really liked it except then do the corners and edges. Um, so that's, that's something where technology you know, has to improve. I think it is improving. I think Asians uh, or Asia would be a better way to say it. Uh, I'm talking about China, uh, Taiwan, uh, Singapore, uh, Korea are all coming out with smaller robots in the U.S. market. The U.S. market still has some pretty large uh, robots that I think, I think, I personally think is not the way to go uh, when it comes to hospitals, at least. Uh, uh, supermarkets, again, uh, totally different thing. Amusement parks that close at nighttime, totally different thing. Um, <clears throat> but when you're dealing with uh, hospitals where there's people walking around all the time you have to make it small uh, you have to make it friendly looking you know it's a lot of things that are tied into this robot that are very very important uh, it's not just the mechanical operation of the robot it's also the appearance you know how it looks when it's coming down that hallway is it something where it's intimidating or something hey that's cute you know like especially in a children's hospital i saw there was a company out there in, uh, from Asia that actually made like child cartoon figures on the outside of the, um, of the robot, sort of like, you know, friendly, child-friendly kind of uh, happy faces and, you know, things that, that make it funny or, or attractive to children so that they don't find it intimidating. So that, that's really where, uh, you know, what, to sum up what, where we are when it comes to robots, and some of the challenges from bringing the robot to the customer, to the frontline staff, and also something that's going to be usable and workable uh, for the patients, for the uh, doctors and nurses, for the hospital, the image of the hospital, and so on. So you know that's something where I think um, it's going to improve over time. And then as they improve on that and make it smaller, I think uh, the the bigger the acceptance is gonna be in the hospitals. Frank, have you uh, seen a robot in operation in a hospital in Florida?
0: No, I I haven't. No, I I, I do wanna make a comment though, a couple of comments in regard to some of the things you're saying. One is I totally agree that small is the answer, not not big. And uh, that's been true with most things. You know, we started out with. Uh, I remember. Uh, look at the telephone. I remember the telephone. How big it was to start with uh, the portable phone. And look how small it's getting. Uh, it's down to your little wristwatch, or it could be a ring. Uh, gee whiz! I got the thing down to almost nothing. Uh, every everything is going to go from big to small. it it. it, it it seems to be that's the way most technology is. It's not getting bigger, it's getting smaller. Um, you know, take the hospital, the uh, hospitality industry. I don't know if you saw this or not, but the hospitality industry now, it, the people do not wanna, wanna work there. They're, they're boycotting the industry and not, they don't wanna do housekeeping. So they decided in the hospitality industry at this time because they don't have the robots at this time to do the cleaning, they're going to cut back on cleaning, cleaning the rooms. They're just going to cut back on the whole on the whole process, because they can't get people. Uh, that's that's they know they can't go on that way, but that's what they're going to do right now. Yeah, sense- it's funny,
1: Frank. It's because you know I, I travel all the time, and uh, I was just telling my wife the other day that um, that. This, the the uh, hotels that I'm staying in are horrendous. I mean, compared to before COVID and now, hotel cleanliness is in the toilet. It's yes. really frightening to see what's going on. Yes. I mean, I've gone into rooms where there's stuff left behind. Uh, I've been in rooms where uh, the linen wasn't changed. Uh, you know, it, 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 I, I was in a room the other day. You know, I woke up in the morning, took a shower, got out of the shower and looked around. There were no towels. I, I didn't even assume to look. Now when I stay in the hotels, I'm looking to see if there's towels in the room when I get there because there were no towels in the room. Yes. So it's, uh, it's, yep. it's, you're right. It's a real problem. It's a real problem. And by the way, hospitality, I would say, would be a really great opportunity for robots. You know, because, I mean, the problem is the cost. Right now is prohibitive for a hotel to do it. But if you could, you know, if you're short on staff, and you could have a robot going down the hallways and cleaning and scrubbing the hallways uh, and vacuuming the carpeted areas, or even have a robot go down a, a, you know, a, a room, a hallway with rooms, and have a program that it goes into every room and vacuums every room and vacuums the hallways, it gives the housekeepers the ability to go in there, and just change the linens and towels and so on, and save them some time on vacuuming, which is a pretty, pretty time-consuming uh, operation in, in a, in a, uh, yes. in a changeover of a room.
0: Yeah. Well, so well, that,
1: well that's that's a great point. I mean, I, that that would be a great area for robots. Totally I'm, surprised they don't have that.
0: Yes. Now, let me let me just mention something. You know, I was talking to a gentleman that's a mutual friend of ours who I'm asking to come on this podcast with us to, to be a guest because this guy's just loaded with information. And uh, he was sharing with me something this week that I was somewhat aware of, but not aware of it at, the, at the level at which he is. Uh, he was explaining to me something about what Walmart's doing with robots. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but they are I am. They're presently using uh, r- robots to unload the trucks. When they come into the back of the... uh, Oh, that I didn't
1: know about. I thought you were going to talk about that they ordered uh, cleaning robots.
0: By by robots. Then they have a system now where uh, the computer system picks up any groceries that are purchased for the day. So if you bought a a can of Campbell's soup today at at, uh, Walmart, the computer would pick that up. And say that it was the shelf had one can of Campbell's soup lacking. Well, a robot that evening would pick that Campbell's soup in the warehouse and bring it out and put it back on the shelf, one at a time. They're not they're not bringing they're not bringing out the uh, the people with the with the pallet jacks and the cases all over the floors. They're eliminating all that, and they have a robotic system that just replaces the product as you shop it. So whatever you shop for, it just replaces it automatically uh, on a daily basis. That's something that uh, Walmart is putting into place right now.
1: No, that's very cool. That's yeah, very that's cool. Crazy. But, you know, I thought you were going to bring up, Frank, because I heard, this is going back before COVID, right before COVID, that Walmart ordered a couple of hundred robots to clean their stores. Yes. They actually had,
0: but I don't remember
1: which company it was, I think it was tenants or one of them. They sold them hundreds. I don't remember exactly if it was tenant, but again, it was hundreds and hundreds of robots that they, that they purchased, which really gave the whole robotic industry a boost.
0: Yes, mostly it was advanced to start with. And, and okay. will no fix, advanced. And almost every, almost every Walmart has a robot. The problem is they're having tremendous problems getting parts. So most of the WalMarts, when you go in, if you went in the back rooms, you'd find that there's robots just sitting, doing nothing, because they can't get. You're talking about the cleaning robots? Yes, they can't get rope. They can't get parts for them. They're, 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 the parts are unbelievably difficult to get. So the they they made these robots, and now they don't have replacement parts for them. So that's become the biggest problem with the robot. Uh, automatic scrubbers, at this time, is they have, wow. to, but and, and they are too big, and they know they are, and they know that the answer is going small, going to a smaller, even a even a robot, automatic scrubber. They want to go smaller, right? And, and like, also the
1: programming has to be made easier. In other words, it has to be um, something where it can be downloaded. You don't have to have a tech come in and physically
0: no, 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 upgrade. They're to, no, they're going to empty themselves, refill themselves. Uh, put right, in- right. It's going to be totally robotic, 100% automatic. The only negative, right. the, uh, the the units are going to have to be recharging all the time or have one heck of a long battery. And, and uh, they can't carry, you know, if they get small, obviously they... They have to do more passes on the floor, and because of size, and they're going to have less chemical, uh, even if it's just water. Well, Frank, Frank, on
1: on on that uh, thing, there's another thing you should know about. I'm sure you know people out there are seeing this a lot in our industry. Is the batteries that are going into scrubbers, not only robotic scrubbers, but in general scrubbers, are being changed to uh, yes, uh, and that is basically a real transformation in the industry because these new batteries uh, are able to last longer and charge quicker. So you're getting a very, very fast charge time, you know, sometimes half to a quarter of the charge time that a normal gel or acid battery would give you. And these new batteries are also uh, lasting, you know, 20% more than the traditional batteries and you're able to put more battery into the scrubbers. The batteries are smaller. So the bigger, the battery, even more life you get out of it. And so, and the batteries themselves last longer. Now, you know, of course, the, the problem you have uh, with some of these batteries is fire hazards. You know, we we hear about on planes with cell phones. Yeah, These are the same batteries you put in your cell phone. So, you know, they have, uh, you know, batteries that are pretty much uh, catching on fire. So now the question is, are these batteries going to cause problems, um, you know, in, in a scrubber itself? So that's, that's, the, uh, that's the real, uh, you know, you park a scrubber and then all of a sudden you have a, a problem with, uh, uh, you know, fire issues. That, that's something that can be uh, a little bit of a problem. So lithium batteries, are, are where everything is going.
0: The more we delve into this thing with the robots, the more we're going to find out there's a lot more going on than we think there is. And right, right. There's a lot of people have, have committed to robots. It's not just... That is true. And, and we're going to find that out as we delve into this. Yes, we're going to find out the negatives, but we're also going to find out the positives. And
1: right, right.
0: So the subject uh, which we need to get into eventually uh, is how we can help people with uh, with also finding other jobs and and finding other skills, other things to do in life. You know, there's a, like a lot of employees today don't want to go back to work; they they just soon start their own business. That's going to become a very big trend in the future: is people starting their own business. So th- we, we might be able to get more into that also.
1: Well, the, 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 uh, the you know, if you think about it, you know, whenever there's a, an advancement in the technology, it creates more job opportunities. You know, people are worried, oh, well, robots are going to place jobs. But, you know, you need to have people making the robots. You need to have people managing the robots. You need to have, you know, tech support for these robots. You have to have internal support for the robot. So it's, you know, just the opposite. And then we talk about the lithium batteries. So the lithium batteries are gonna be, uh, you know, produced and and they're gonna need to have support. They're gonna, you know, so you're creating jobs across the industry. I just read the other day that uh, lithium now, they're able to make out of sea sea seawater. now lithium is mined in China and, and mostly in China, and it's very expensive. Uh, So that's also adds to the cost of a lot of these robots to put lithium batteries in there. There is an upfront charge, but if you can make it out of salt water, lithium or seawater, which is what I was reading about, uh, that would drop the cost significantly. And once that cost comes down, you're gonna have, you know, everyone putting lithium batteries into everything. And, uh, And so again, that creates more jobs on the lithium end, on the distribution of lithium or the advancement of technology. There's always more jobs being created as uh, technology advances. So um, yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see where this robotic industry goes. I I am very curious to, hopefully we can get on a couple of people I know you and I are working on from the robotic uh, industry itself, from the repair end of the business to the uh, manufacturing end of the business and really see where, uh, you know, robots are going and lithium batteries are going and so on and, and sort of get a feel of the positives and negatives. But, uh, you know, going back to, to where you said you're, you're in a hospital, I know you're around your hospital in your neighborhood uh, a lot and you see, and you haven't seen robots, uh, you know, and the reason why I asked you that question is because I'm in hospitals all the time and I don't see robots. I hear people talking about robots, Yes. but most of the robots I see are parked. So in healthcare at least, uh, and what's interesting because you brought up about the supermarkets, that's really interesting information that the robots are sitting in the back waiting for parts. So that basically means that so far, robots have been a failure. If we don't see them in healthcare, we don't see them in supermarkets because of parts problems uh, versus other robots that are filling the shelves and it's working fine so that means we haven't gotten it right yet in our industry. We still have a way to go to, to, to really make sure that uh, these robots are worthwhile and they do what we needed to do.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, we didn't even get into the vehicles, the robot vehicles. That's gonna be another big, huge industry. Of course, the trucks. Sure. And and, and, and sure. They, uh, now they're delivering pizza with a robot. Um, right. Yeah. So all all of that's coming, whether we like it or not, and right. we we must well get used to it. So, right. So we're we're on a subject that's really important. It's going to be important to everybody, whether we want it to be important or not. It, it's it's inevitable, and it's it's here. It's here to stay. And you you said that originally, and that's really true.
1: Right well let's let's see. hopefully next uh, podcast that we have, you and I, we can get somebody else on that can give a different perspective
0: yeah, uh, or
1: the same more. perspective yes. in more detail.
0: I agree. Well, with all that said, uh, Alex, I robotically, I hope you have a wonderful father's day, automatic.: You too,
1: Frank. you too. <laughs>
0: I, it, doesn't, it doesn't just be
1: mechanical, it should be an emotional one.
0: Yes. <laughs> however, you know, it, I think as important as Father's Day is, I always think Mother's Day is more important than Father's Day. Um, I always believed it was. Um, we're, we're an important part of the process, but not as important as the mother. The mother's much more important than we are. We, we're only important in the beginning.
1: <laughs> right right well I, I say every day is Father's Day so and every day is Mother's Day
0: so. you know one thing I want to mention about fathers just for the sake of talking about fathers just before we close down I want to mention the one thing that I, I think is really really important that all fathers understand if you as a father are much more powerful than you possibly believe you are you might think you're powerful or you might not think you're powerful. But I wanna share with you that fathers are extremely powerful in the children's minds. When a, when a child ha- knows it has a father, it, it actually feels the father has so much power and energy over them. And they wanna do things to please their father. Most children go out of their way to please their father. They wanna be recognized by their father, that that, that their father says that they're okay. And a father is a very, very important person in children's minds. And I wonder sometimes if fathers get that, because it's really, really important to understand how important you are to your children and, and how much value you bring to them as human beings and the responsibility that you share in their lives. I say this because I'm a life coach and I work with people and I believe many times that the fathers that I work with don't get that. They don't realize because the children that I'm working with in life coaching bring that up all the time. I really would like my father. Uh, my father has never recognized me. My father never really uh, said I was okay. And that has placed something on those people all their lives. So the father is an extremely important individual in a family.
1: In a family.
0: And I just wanted to make that comment because I said fathers are not as important as mothers, but the truth is they place a very valuable part. They're valuable in the lives of human beings. And I, I really acknowledge fathers for being who they are. And I say for, for Alex and I, God bless you, and may you live forever and live healthy for your children. Amen. So, Alex, uh, thank you for today. I love you, and I, I have a wonderful day. And we'll talk. You too,
1: Frank, and happy Father's Day.
0: Thank you. Me too. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.